together as we celebrate Jesus, the Christ. We, we celebrate who was Jesus, who was, who is, and is to come. We celebrate the great healer, the great physician, the lover of our souls. We celebrate him. We thank you for sending Jesus to be a baby, to grow up, to be a man, to fulfill the plans and the purpose of a God. We thank you for his death. We thank you for his resurrection. We thank you for his ascension. We thank you for him sitting at your right hand. We thank you for his everlasting intercession for us. And we thank you for his return. Father, we do worship the Christ, the living God, the, the, the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last, the everything in between, Father. We thank you that it is in Christ we live and move and have our existence. As we prepare for 2017, we pray that we'll be more aware of Christ in us, the hope of glory, the living reality of the presence of God. May we not be the same believers, all living under the curse, living under the, the law of sin and death. May we walk in the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. May we walk in the grace that is given to us in Jesus. Oh, Father, I pray, Father, as we dive into your word, as we take a look into the incarnation, oh, Father, I pray that we will understand why he came. We'll understand why he lived. We understand why he died and rose again. Father, may we have this message of the cross, the message of the resurrection uh, ingrained in our hearts and our minds. Father, we do celebrate him. We do glorify him. We, it is in Jesus that we are able to approach your throne and not be consumed. That, Lord, that we're not sinners, but we're saved by the grace that is in Christ. We don't bow. We don't come before you as worms, but we come before you as the righteousness of God. Oh, God, I thank you that give us a revelation that we're just as righteous as Jesus is. Oh, glory to God. Oh, I thank you that, Lord, we're no longer bound by sin. We're no longer under the power and the influence of the kingdom of darkness, but we've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness and translate into the kingdom of your dear son, Jesus. I thank you that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever, that he's the same God who heals and delivers. He's the same God that sets free. He's the same God that is, 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 is coming back again, Father, and we do rejoice in him, Father. Oh, God, may Christmas morning, December 25th, which is recognized as, as the day we celebrate the birth of Christ, may we just get up dancing, shouting. Sing in the praises of God. Amen. Father, I thank you, Lord. Let it be not about, not about trees and, and presents, but let it be about your presence in Christ. Yes, oh, God, we celebrate the presence of God in Christ. Emmanuel, God with us and God for us. God who's no longer against us. God who's no longer um, our enemy. <laughs> but now we have peace. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Glory to God. It's, been, it's so good to be here on a Friday night in the middle of the city. Oh, glory to God. God is a good God. He's not a dead God. He's alive and well. He's no longer a babe. You don't pray to baby Jesus. You pray, for, you pray to the Lord who is. Who is. Amen. He's not a baby. <laughs> Amen. So today, um, don't, just as a reminder, there's no Christmas service on, on Sunday morning. So you can either visit some other churches. Or you can stay in the bed, sleep in, <laughs> or you can, you know, enjoy your family, whatever you want to do, as long as it's holy. Amen? Amen. Amen. <laughs> so let's, um, the name of my message is called 
the untitled Christmas message. Untitled Christmas message. All right. Let me pray for utterance. Lord, I thank you for supernatural divine utterance. May I not speak as a mere man, but as I speak as your mouthpiece. May your people be encouraged, strengthened, and may they pursue the kingdom of God like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, Christmas is a time to remember Christ, his birth. It's a time that we celebrate the Christ. Jesus' last name is not Christ. Christ is a title. It means the Messiah or the anointed one. So when we say Christmas or the, the Christmas, we're saying the anointed one, the celebration of the anointed one. So we celebrate the anointed one. Amen. Jesus Christ is anointed. And my battery just died. Glory to God. But thank God for the computer, right? <laughs> He's like, well, you should have memorized it. Yep, I should have. <laughs> um, we celebrate Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. The Messiah, we do celebrate him, amen. We celebrate him. We are celebrating his birth. We're celebrating his first arrival. He came. He was the promise that God spoke of in all the Old Testament. We know from the scriptures that the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. So the promises that God made in the Old Testament are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Amen. So this is enough reason why we should celebrate this day. I know some <coughs> had decided, they, they say, we don't believe in Christmas, it's a pagan holiday. But anytime somebody want to recognize the birth of Jesus, it's enough to dance and celebrate. Amen. Amen. I imagine there are people who are going to come into the kingdom on Christmas Day just because it's an opportunity to share the good news. Amen. And we should not fight against that. There's some Christians who are so bent on um, saying it's a pagan holiday, but we take it back and we celebrate it for what it is. Like I said on Sunday, your birthday is a pagan holiday. <laughs> and you were a pagan before you came to Christ and you were born in that day and you celebrate that day. We make sure we celebrate that. Um, Christ isn't Jesus's last name. It is a title. It means the Messiah or the anointed one. We celebrate the anointed one. Why is the birth of Christ so important? I'm glad you asked. It is the sovereignty of God, how God broke all the rules when he sent Jesus into the world, but not in a normal way, in an abnormal way. We know that his birth was a supernatural birth, born of a virgin, a young lady who some believe who was between the ages of 12 and 14, a teenager. And the Bible says that an angel appeared to her and says, you are highly favored of the Lord. You have found favor in the eyes of God. And so God says, according to his word, you will be conceived with child. And I can imagine Mary's like, why me? I'm married to this great man, Joseph. And yet we know that Joseph was a righteous man. He wanted to put her away when he found out she was pregnant. But I want you to I want to do something real quick. I want to compare his birth to our birth. Just like Jesus was born supernaturally, we are born again supernaturally, which spoke, spoke of our born again, our new birth. It takes the Holy Spirit causing our hearts to be regenerated. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. I want you to see this. You should underline this. You should highlight it. You should... Um, Put a circle around it. This is 
the first promise that God gave to mankind. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, we know that God created Adam and Eve, and he created it because he wanted a family. I don't know if y'all know that, but Jesus, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit wanted a family. He wanted a family. So he created Adam and Eve, and he wanted them to be a representation of him on the earth. Earth is supposed to be a representation of heaven. And you know we're heading that way, right? There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And we're going to, God's going to get what his, his purpose fulfilled. He's going to get his desire. He wanted this place to represent him like he's, he's represented in heaven. And Jesus came to restore that which was lost. What was lost? The lost fellowship, the lost relationship between God the Father and mankind. And so we see from Genesis chapter 3, this is after the fall, they disobeyed God. Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, talking about the serpent, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And we know that Jesus bruised the head of Satan when he was resurrected from the dead. Amen. That's good news. That's enough. They'll send you, they'll send you shouting for the rest of your life. When you get a revelation of Jesus bruising the head of Satan. So if Satan is in your head, in your life, remind him that his head is bruised by Jesus, your big brother. Amen. 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 We are to execute or put to uh, enforce the defeat of the enemy. We're not to fight the devil. We're to remind him he's already defeated. He's already under our feet, according to Ephesians 1. Come on, help me out. Amen. Um, untitled. Christ made of himself no reputation, according to Philippians 2. He's untitled. He didn't come declaring who he was in the sense of in the first 30 years, but people began to declare who he was. Amen. His gift made room for him. Amen. People sought him out. He came in a supernatural, ordinary way, <laughs> born in a manger. Born, um, uh, born in an unlikely place, the creator of the universe. Born in a place that didn't really, is not even worthy of him. Which spoke of he coming to earth, leaving wealth and health. Streets of gold for the streets, at that time, of rocks and stones. Came and dwelled among us to live a life so that he can die death that we deserve. Matthew 1. Let's go to Matthew 1. Believe it or not, I'm almost finished. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this wise, or this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child from the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine say, hey, Joseph, by the way, I know we're engaged. I just want to let you know I'm pregnant with the Son of God. Woman, you are crazy. I'm going to put you away. Verse 19. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, said, this woman is crazy, resolved to divorce her quietly. Said, you know what? She got some problems. Let me put her away quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. 
All right, and this also took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a child, a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife and he knew her not. In other words, he didn't have sex to her. Uh, he didn't make love with her or to her until she had given birth to a son. He called his name Jesus. Mary came bearing no good news to Joseph. Joseph's like, I know I got me a woman. I got me a fine woman, a virgin, a godly woman, and she come bringing no, no good news. I'm pregnant. <laughs> Wait a minute. We haven't done nothing. I'm pregnant with the son of God. Wait a minute. This is, you're weird. You remember the time you got saved? People say, what in the world? You said, Jesus saved me, huh? Jesus gave me to my heart. What? What are you talking about? Something, the Bible goes on and says that Joseph pondered these things, right? He, he thought about these things. Verse 20 says, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel appeared. This is a little side note. Some things you have to ponder on which allow the Holy Spirit to deal with you. How many know that God wants you to think? Come on. We're to be thinking Christians as well as emotional Christians. And so here, Jesus, or Joseph, was pondering over some things which allow the Holy Spirit to bring clarity into his life. Some things are not just black and white. Some things take meditation. You have to take the time to think about some things in prayer. But the angel came proclaiming the purpose of the Son of God. The, the, the Joseph received instructions declaring that the Son of God had a purpose. He was not just to be a regular man, but he had a mission. In my, God had a mission. Notice this. It says that he was, the angel proclaimed the purpose of Christ coming, and the purpose was what? To save his people from their sins. That was the purpose of the coming of the Son of God, to save us from our sins. And we have many, right? We have many sins. And yet, that was his purpose. The focus of the virgin birth was so that he, Jesus, was not tainted with the sins of humanity. So if Jesus was born in the normal way, like a mother and a father, then he would inherit the same nature that Adam had. Adam at one point had the nature of God, but when Adam disobeyed God, his nature was turned into a satanic nature, a sinful nature. And so now anyone born into the world is born into sin. But Jesus is not born into sin. Jesus' birth had to be supernatural in order to, for his death to be received by God the Father. The virgin birth. We as Christians believe in the virgin birth. We believe that he was born. Of, that's, that's a miracle. I, I don't understand people who don't believe in miracles, signs, and wonders. Because this is a sign. It's, it was a sign to Ahaz. If you look at Isaiah, it was a sign in a wonder. How can a virgin bring forth a child? Supernatural. Everything about Christianity is supernatural. You serve a supernatural God. No matter what you're facing, God is supernatural. He's working in your life. 
supernatural. We have a God that, that requires our faith, but he's a God that we can feel. He's a God that we can touch with our praises. He's a God that we can touch with our faith. Amen. Amen. So Jesus was born of a virgin. It takes faith to believe that. It takes faith. I believe that. I don't know about you, but I believe he was born of a virgin. He was not born of a regular birth. He was born supernaturally by the Holy Spirit. And we, too, are born supernaturally. Amen. Amen. The, re, the working, the regeneration of the Spirit of God in our lives. We're born again. We're born from up above. We have the Spirit of God inside of us. Amen. Amen. So every last one of us was born into sin. Whether your, your parents were married or not married, <laughs> we were born into sin. We received a sinful nature. Psalm 51 verse 5 says this, that I was born in form and shaped in iniquity. That's David saying this. So Jesus couldn't, be, he couldn't come in a normal way. He had to come in a supernatural way. So the Bible calls Jesus the last Adam. Guess what? The first Adam didn't come a normal way either. Right, right, right. <laughs> right? His father was God. Yeah. God the father. He was, God created him. Yeah. He's the only human being that was created by God Almighty with his hands. God created. He, no, no other person God created like that. Have you ever thought about that? Adam was on a class by himself. He was actually supposed to be God representing on the earth. He was supposed to be little Lord over the earth. And check this out. Jesus, Jesus, well, let me go back. The first Adam was personally created by the triune God. Jesus is called the second or the last Adam. Guess what he did? He came to do. He came to undo what the first Adam did. The first Adam brought sin and disobeyed God. The first Adam was supposed to be like Jesus. But Jesus came to show Adam or the seed of Adam how to live. Amen. Come on. I'm saying I'm preaching better than you said. Amen. Jesus came to undo what the first Adam did through disobedience. Jesus obeyed God the Father. Christ came to set the captives free. From sin and its ugly offsprings. He came to destroy the works of the devil. Go with me, 1 John. I'm almost finished. 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 3. I'm sorry. 1 John chapter 3. Glory to God. The anointing of God is here. The presence of God is here. If you'll receive it, God can touch you in your seats. The power of God is at work to heal and to undo the works of the enemy. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. Let's look at this. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8 says this. Who's, whoever makes a practice of sinning is of who? The devil. the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son, the reason the son of God appeared was to what? The works of who? Jesus came to undo the works of the devil. He came to not only undo but destroy the works of the devil. We say what the anointing, what, what does the anointing do? It removes burdens and destroys yokes. So Jesus is the anointed one. You can't get more anointed than Jesus. <laughs> he comes to destroy the works of the devil. Now you may ask, what are the works of the devil? Glad you ask. They are sin, 
sickness, death, poverty, low self-esteem, dysfunctional relationships. Every, every area you can think of, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil in that area. Amen. He, he came to destroy. To, 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 it doesn't even, he, see, the anointing doesn't break the yoke. It destroys it. So it can't be, come back together again. He doesn't just only set you free. He makes you free. See, if he sets you free, you can get, you can get in bondage again. But a free man made free can be in slavery. Amen. Christ came. If you're born again, you don't have to live under the curse of the law, which includes spiritual death, sickness and disease, and poverty. I want to, I want to, show, I want to see you this. I want to show you this. Galatians chapter 3. I'm excited, as you can tell. Galatians chapter 3, 13. We're talking about untitled Christian Christmas message. Untitled Christmas message. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 says this. You need to highlight this. You need to memorize this. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 says, Christ redeemed us. Now, you ask most Christians what they've been redeemed from, they'll say sin. That's partially true. But we've been redeemed from the curse of what? Why? Because by becoming a curse for us, Jesus became a curse for us. So stop going around saying you, you have a generational curse. That generational curse was destroyed the moment that Jesus became your Lord. Amen? What was shall not be in your life. The anointing destroyed that. The anointing destroyed that. What was shall not be. Amen. The difference between you and the forefathers and mothers is the anointing. Hallelujah. The anointed one. Hallelujah. He destroyed the generational curses. Thank you, Amen. And you, because you're born again, because you're serving the living God, you're, you're starting a generational blessing. Hallelujah. A legacy to be passed down when you're dead and gone in heaven celebrating your, 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 your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren and your great-grandchildren shall be blessed because Jesus is your Lord. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, Christ became a curse for us, for it is written, curse is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of who? Abraham, Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we may receive the promised spirit through faith. Amen. 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 Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. As a born-again believer, we're no longer under the curse. So stop cussing. Stop cursing people out. Start speaking blessing. Start walking in the blessing. Everywhere you go, God shows up. Amen. Jesus showed us how to do it right. Last Sunday, I preached a message called, This is How We Do It. <laughs> he came to show us how to do it. This is how we do it. The theme of Jesus' calling was this is how we do it. This is how we obey God completely. How to live a sinless life. No longer is he, no, not just, he's not just our substitute. And we put a lot of emphasis on, on Jesus being our substitute, dying in our place. But guess what? He's our example. He showed us how to live a sinless life. Man, everybody got quiet in this in Presbyterian Pentecostal Baptist church. <laughs> um, he showed us how to live a sinless life. 
how not to live in this world or for this world. He lived in light of his mission. Everything about Jesus, he always told us where he came from, what he was on the earth to do, and where he was going. That's purpose right there. He showed us to how to live on purpose. 2017 needs to be a life. We need to set up in our hearts to live on purpose. Live on purpose. Christ came with a mission. His purpose on earth was to save his people from their sins. Christ came to die, to sin once, and to destroy his power over us. We're no longer under sin. Say, I'm no longer under sin. I'm under grace. I'm under blessing. So stop using sin and your humanity as an excuse to not do the will of God. Stop saying you are only human. How many Christians you hear say, I'm only human? If you got Christ, you're more than just a human. You are a born again child of God. Start declaring that you're more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens you. Start living out your faith. You want to give Jesus a Christmas present? Yes. Make a new commitment to do the will of God. Do what the Bible says. Live in in a state of love. Live in a state of forgiveness. Live like you know better. Live like you are called to live. Live in his grace. Live in his mercy. Live in his love. Live in his purpose. Live on purpose. Live on mission. And live in light of eternity. Travel light through the world. Don't get too comfortable with this world, this world system, this way of doing things. Live for the Christ. Live in the Christ. Live like the Christ. Your strength cannot be compared to his, but you can depend on his strength. He became what he was not in order to make us what he is. The Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. Listen, we're supernatural people. We, we, are, we, we are walking with a supernatural God. He can do the impossible. He can split the Red Seas in your life. He can shut the mouths of lions in your life. He can, he can destroy the works of the enemy in your life. Amen. He became what he was not. He became a human being. The eternal word himself appeared. He became a human being and was manifested to us as human beings. The agent of the Father became one with us. This doctrine of incarnation is vital. When God takes upon flesh, his name is Jesus. Yahweh saves. Joshua, in the Hebrew, Jesus means Joshua, or Yahweh saves. He will save his people from their sins. Amen. It was so important that he become flesh. He stripped himself of his glory to die, to live and to die so that we can be like him. See, he says, he understood. He says, you know, the other day I had had an attack physically in my body and I couldn't sleep. And I I was confessing the word that Jesus, by Jesus stripes, I'm healed. Speaking to my airways, speaking to the cough and commanding it to go. I got up and I... I went in my study and I got 
I have, I, have, I have some communions, Greg, sorry, some communions cups in my, and I decided, I'm going to take communion, I'm going to settle this once and for all. And I, I, I went over 1 Corinthians 11, examined my heart, and I said, Father, on the basis of the blood, on the basis of the body of Christ, I am healed. I took it, and, observed, and I caught myself, I was worshiping God, I said, Father, I'm just as righteous as Jesus. And I got scared. My religious brain, my religious brain shook. I was like, wait a minute, what am I saying? Heresy, heretic. And then I remember what Jesus said, what God said through Paul. He says, for he became sin that we may become the righteousness of God in him. So when God deals with me, he deals with me based on the righteousness of God. No longer am I a sinner. I am righteous in the sight of God. So it's totally all right to say I am just as righteous as Jesus. He gave me his righteousness. Oh, God treats you not as you are outside of Christ, but as you are in Christ. You are just as righteous as Jesus. Say this. I want, it's going to shake your religious brain. Uh, say, I am just as righteous as Jesus. You're like, oh, man. Oh, lightning going to strike. No, you are righteous in the sight of God. After I finish the book of James, I'm going to preach about righteousness. You are right in, you're right in right standing with God. No longer sin. He doesn't associate you with sin. He associates you with the righteousness of God. He deals with you based on the righteousness of God, of Christ. So when you come before God, come boldly before his throne, not as a mere worm to go, to go around and say, I'm just a nobody trying to tell anybody about somebody who saved your soul. Saved my soul. No, I'm not just a nobody. I'm a soul-body, somebody. When, when, when Jesus saved me, I became a somebody. Yeah. <laughs> At one point, I was an enemy, but now I'm a friend. Yes. One point, I was a slave, but now I'm a son yes. who serves, who, who, who chooses to become a slave. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching better than you said amen. <laughs> Untitled Christi Christmas message. Jesus came to save his people from their sins, and we celebrate this. We celebrate his birth. Supernaturally. We celebrate his life supernaturally. We celebrate his death. His death was supernaturally. He was separated from the Father so that you and I could be loved by the Father. He died and went to hell so you and I can go to heaven. He took our names, placed it in the Lamb's Book of Life, and gave us his name to fight against the enemy and, and Satan and sin. Amen. He, we, we have no reason to defeat. When you walk in defeat, you are saying Jesus is not enough. You're saying that Jesus is not enough. Don't ever go around saying, oh, I'm just a nobody. But you can boldly say, God, I thank you for the birth, the life, the death, the resurrection, the ascension, the, 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 um, the intercession of Jesus. I thank you. What are your takeaways? What are you to take away from this? From this moment on, decide to walk in what Jesus died to set you free from. Say, I'm going to walk in this. I'm going to have peace. I'm going to have joy. I'm going to have deliverance. I'm going to have provision. I, I'm, going to, I'm going to pray as if Jesus is praying. God is going to answer me based on what Jesus did. Amen. That's good news. When you sin, confess. He separates you from unrighteousness as if, even as, as, as if you never sinned before. Let me say that again. When you mess up and you ask God to forgive you, he forgives you as if you never did it. 
He doesn't see you as what you did. He sees you in Christ. And, Jesus, and the, Paul, the apostle said, in him we live and move and have our existence. When you begin to realize who you are in Christ, you're no longer allow sin to have its rule over you. You're no longer under sin. You're under his grace. You're, God deals with you. One last scripture, Philippians 4. Excuse me, Philippians 3. You need to see this with your own eyes so that I will not, you, you know that I'm not making this up. Philippians 3, verse 9. Well, let's look at verse 8. Verse 7. Let's start with verse, I'm sorry. Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. No, it's fine. Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. It says, for we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in who? And we put no confidence in what? Though I myself have reasons for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, Paul says, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under law, blameless. Verse 7 says this. So he gave us his resume. He says, I'm all these things. But he says, but whatever, verse 7, but, but whatever gain I had, I counted what? As laws for the sake of who? Indeed, I count everything as laws because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain who? That I may gain. So when you got saved, you gain Christ. And be found in who? In him. Be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law or doing the work, the law, but that which comes through who? What? Faith in Christ. So when I place my faith in Christ, the exchange took place. He became sin for me that I may become righteous in God or in him. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. So my righteousness is not of my own self, but I have, I have become the righteousness of God in Christ. God doesn't deal with me based on my own works, but based on the works of Christ. If you can get that, it'll set you free for life. When you, when you realize, I messed up today. God, I come before you and I say before you that I have sinned. Forgive me, Father. And I receive the forgiveness that is in Christ, in Jesus' name. Amen. When you finish praying that, God separates you from your sin as if you never did it. You're no longer associated with that sin. You are a brand new creature. God cleanses you from unrighteousness. Now you are righteous in his sight again. Amen. We'll talk more about that after the book of James. Father, I thank you for your word. May we walk in the blessing of the Christmas, the celebration of the anointed one. We're no longer under sin, but we're under grace. And we function as your people. I thank you that we are just as righteous as Jesus, not because of our works, but because of what he has made us. He took our filthy robes, our filthy righteousness, and threw it into the sea of forgiveness. We're no longer dealt with as sinners. We are saved by the grace of God. 
May, this, may 2017 be a year that we'll walk in our righteousness. We'll pray in our righteousness. We'll be bold. The Bible says the righteous are, the righteous are bold as a lion. May we be bold in the throne of God. May we be bold dealing with the devil. When the devil reminds us of, of, of our past, may we remind him of his past. He was defeated 2,000 years ago that we may be set free. In Jesus' name, amen.